Welcome rock and metal fans. Coming to you from the barns of Amish country and pastures of cows are those two bad boys of rock and metal. B1 Bomb and the Smuts. Bringing you the best rock and metal bands from the 80s and 90s. And today, playing and discussing music from the featured bands with special guests, interviews, contests, and much more. So grab a beer and turn it up. It's time for the Headbangers Vault. Welcome to another episode of the Headbangers Vault. I am the B1 Bomb. And I'm the Smuts. What's up, everyone? How is everybody out there in the land of high gas prices? Not good. I'm going to try not to say anything okay, about that. Yeah, we'll keep that on the <laughs> out there, schmutz. So tonight, we have a special interview with one of me and the schmutz's old buddies. We go back a long way. Many years. Our guest would be the Die House. How's it going, fellas? Going really good, thanks. Yeah, he's going to talk a little bit about his band he was in in the way past and some of his other projects mm-hmm. and... The guy's a musical genius. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Diehouse, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. I feel pretty well. We got a lot of questions for you here. Good, good. We're going to start out with a big one here. Let's let's go back to your band, The Last Days, and tell us how it all got started. So, Last Days, uh, me, Adam Hall, Brian Bear, and a dude named uh, Rob Young. Well, let's start out as a band called Solstice. Uh, I, you know, I've always played guitar and sang, and I hooked up with these guys and started learning how music works. And then uh, we ended up getting in the band. I, I finally got into the band with, with with them as rhythm guitar and lead singer because I was always a singer and I like to write songs and stuff. That was my right. my, my, sure. my thing. So we ended up joining the band, and like I said, it was Solstice at that time. We played one or two shows, and then. Our drummer, Brian Bear, he kind of bailed out on us for reasons of his own. So we were stuck, and then we ended up, uh, I was playing with this guy named Marvin Blankenship. We called him Punk. That was always his name, his his nickname growing up. Okay. So I invited Punk into the band, and he was just a superb drummer, just Mm a talented Mm -hmm. dude, plays plays everything. He's better than me, right? (laughs) (laughs) Better than most, really. Guy's awesome. Oh. So we end up uh, playing a summer's worth of shows, and then the guitar player, Adam, he was moving away to Michigan following his job, mm-hmm. which was a bummer, you know, because we had a really good thing going, 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 going. So we went into the studio, and we had cut the Solstice album, and uh, while we were mixing the album, that's when Brian really quit the band. So we didn't know what else to do, and uh, that's when we invited Punk in. We played the summer's worth of shows. And then while I was in the studio, I kind of befriended our engineer. His name was Tom Capobianco. We called him Capo. I was working underneath him in, in the studio. And Adam, we, me and Adam still kept in, con- in contact. And he ended up uh, calling me one day. He was like, listen, dude. He was like, what do you think about moving up here? And I was like, I don't know. I was a little scared, you know. <laughs> like any kind of big... Sure. Any kind of big move in your life, you know. So, long story short, uh, you know, I I accepted, and me and Punk both moved, moved up there, and we went in to the situation. We just wanted to play originals, you know, because we were tired of playing covers, right? And you know, I've always I've always been in the art, you know. So to me, it was about the creativeness of it, you know. So I didn't want to play covers anymore. So we hooked up with these cats called Mama Productions. His name was Bill Horvath. He Mm -hmm. was acting as our manager. And we ended up um, playing with these guys. And it was a productions group. So they would have like, you know, there were probably 30 or 40 bands he had. And then we came into this. And then he would handpick bands. And then he would set up these big shows. Okay. Up in, you know, different places up in the D- D- Detroit area, like Mount Clemens and yeah. State Theater, Emerald Theater, places like that. And we did that for a while, and uh, it was working really good, and we lived with each other. We was getting really tight, man. It was sounding great. We kept writing songs, and then uh, one thing led to another. We started playing covers again, Uh-oh. which I felt was 
I felt was the demise of the band. But you know, you know, we was taking the money and we was we was getting paid good at this little bar up the road with a biker bar called Jack's Bar. And uh, man, we had a ton of good times in there. And hey, we was make- there any hookers and blow in that. <laughs> well, oh, I, I, I can't. Uh, There's much needed to know. I need to know. Come on now. <laughs> well, just say we had a good time. Okay. We had a lot of good times yeah, in Jack's right. Bar. I like the answer. I like the answer. <laughs> uh, you know, so so we played there for a while, and you know, it, it was good times. We had a lot of good times, and then I, you know, we just started. Uh, then the money we was using to do rent, and we would. We paid for T-shirts, stickers, studio time, all that type of thing. It was offset the bills. Yeah. Who came up with the name Last Days? Me and Adam kind of landed on it together because it was, you know, the last days meant, you know, that summer. That summer's worth of shows. It was the last days of the band. Okay. You know, that's why it was called that, you know, because we all knew it was was coming to, to, to an end. At that time, we didn't know we was going to move to Detroit and then, you know, it continue on another seven years oh, from wow. then. Wow. That's why we yeah. didn't see it for like <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> right. It was a long time, man. Yeah. Because we was coming to Port. I was coming to Portland pretty regularly, me, me, me and Don. And then, and then it just kind of weren't there anymore. Right. Well, though, we was doing the band thing, you know. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a lot of good times, and then like I said, you know, there there came a time when punk he didn't feel like the actually we we we, we always had problems with a bass player. We couldn't land on a bass player. So our first place bass player name was Jim Jimbo, and uh, he was a great great bass player, great dude. It just didn't work 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 out with him, you know. He found mm-hmm. he found he found a girl that he liked, and I'm getting married. Damn that, women! That that's happens. right, you know. Oh. It, it, it it totally happens. I'm here to tell you it happens. <laughs> so, you know, then we met uh, our buddy, uh, our buddy Todd Todd March. He he was you know still one of my close friends, and he was quite a bit older than us. But you know, he filled the role for 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 a while. And he, and he was a good bass player. Looked good on stage, you know. He fit the build and everything. And nice. uh, it came a time. And then we continued to meet other bass players. Uh, our other bass player, his name was Rick Lotta. He was about the same age as Tom. He was about 10 years old enough. But this guy was phenomenal. I mean, he's just a phenomenal bass player. Still is to this day. Still does project. And he worked at the at the local uh, music store up there, Detroit Mo- uh, Motor City Guitars. Okay. And he still works there, I think. And just a great dude, phenomenal bass player. So there come a time, Todd left the band, and then we had these different bass players kind of revolving. And we interviewed so many bass players and drummers, man, it was ridiculous. It was just so, so, so ridiculous. I mean, we had every walk of people come in this place and, and into our basement and play bass. And just it was just retarded. We got so retarded in the process. And there was several different bass players and drummers that come through because punk played bass as well. And uh, there was even a, it was even a time when we broke down to a three piece, and I was playing bass. Oh, I was playing B1 bass and singing. Yeah, yeah. And we were three piece for a minute, and we wasn't. Uh, I didn't like it all that much because it was a tremendous amount of work on my part, right. <laughs> right. learning all the bass lines and singing. So it come a time Todd left the band, and that really broke my heart. Plus, me and him was really close, and then it turned. We as we were recording our second album, well, the first last days album it was the EP, the Standing Before EP. We was doing the Standing Before sessions. A guy, his name was Rick Beard. He, he was our sound guy for Mama Productions. He also had a recording studio in his basement, so that's where all the Mama Production artists would go and record their songs. So, how many albums so, did you guys record? Ultimate. We just did the one. We we just did the one. So there was the there, there was the standing before EP. I think there was six songs on it, six or eight songs on it. Then I ended up getting the rest of the files, and I think somewhere they're posted somewhere online. And I call them the standing before sessions. And what right. those were, those were just the, the scratch tracks. They weren't really produced or or uh, mixed out or anything. 
this notes and stuff like that and but all that stuff's online somewhere sure well, so i think it's i think i think it's on soundcloud i posted it all on soundcloud well why don't we play one of your songs from the last day which one would you like us to play I think I don't. You have last days. I, I sure do. Well, uh, that's that's the story of the band, pretty much. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and play that real quick, and we'll be Let's right back. good i like that yeah yeah so that song that song's about actually i wrote that song before i was in the band last, last, last days and i was well i was started tampering with it you know i was started writing it before and then i kind of after it all went down with brian our our first drum, drummer you know i wrote the song about him that was Okay. You know the the song "Last Days" is the struggle of the band. The you know, drummers dude. really are a struggle. Yeah, they are. Sometimes. They are. They are. They're, they're, well, you know, there's dudes that like to pound on things. Yeah, you know right, what I mean. Right. So it's, they're like there's a primitive kind of nature about a drummer. <laughs> I would have <laughs> but, to agree uh, on that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that song is about you know Brian leaving the band and then us moving on without him and how through that whole move we became stronger stronger yeah. you know and it was just uh nice. yeah did you guys tour quite a bit through the detroit area i mean yeah i mean we played a ton of, we we played a ton of places up there man we played small bars to big venues we did a couple little mini tours it was one time we came back to ohio we played several times back in ohio played bogart's Back oh, yeah. here, back, back, back home, uh, McGuffey South, the draft. We played there a couple times. Did you ever open um, up for any big name bands? <clears throat> no, unfortunately, we we did not. But uh, there is a story about a time in Detroit where we was playing a place called St. Andrews Hall, 
and which is if you ever saw the movie Eight Mile, there's a place yeah. down yeah. Un- underneath. Yeah. At one time, there was three levels of, of savings you saw. There, there, there was the main level, and then there was a place in the bottom and downstairs called the shelter. That's where Eminem supposedly played. Oh, wow. Even though the place, even though that place in the movie, that's not the shelter. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think. But we were supposed to. Uh, what's the rap group from Detroit? The uh, what's those guys called? ICP and Saint Clown Posse. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, they wow. like Fago Soda. Okay. So there was a time when the Insane Clown Posse was wow. supposed to have were were playing at the same place at Sanders Hall at the same time. But I guess somehow our management beat their management to to the punch, and we got the main stage upstairs. Oh wow! And they were stuck down in the shelter. Yeah, oh, wow. and they were they were pretty pissed off no, about I'm sure. it. Sure, that's awesome. That's yeah, and there's awesome. also I've heard somewhere there was um, in in an interview that they had done. They, they were mentioning how pissed off that they were because some no name band from Detroit beat, beat them out of the of the main, main stage. stage. And that that's awesome. that was us. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. But I'm sure they had hookers and blow that night. So I guarantee you those guys did. I can about guarantee that, yeah. <laughs> those guys are hookers and blow kind of guys, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> did you guys have any favorite songs you like to perform live? Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah, some of my, uh, some of my favorites were Search for the Real. Uh, those, uh, these were original tunes that we had written. And we'll go ahead and play Search for the Real here real quick. Okay, cool, yeah.
Yeah. Pretty smoking. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one, it was all about, you know, it's about when we were doing our thing in Detroit, you know, when you're in a band like that, you know, there's a, there's a lot expected of you. Sometimes you, you're putting that persona of the, of the lead singer quote unquote, you know, and then it's, it's and it's just a mask that, right. that, that you put on and you wear it's a character. So it turns out, you know, it's, it's difficult as you go on, you know, and the longer you do that, it's difficult to separate. Yeah, the I think a lot of the lead singers yeah. fall into that. Yeah, I remember hearing There's Alice no Cooper's question. talking about that too. It is, you know, and, and, and it's difficult because, you know, it's at, at some point, because we would have big parties at our house, you know, when you come home, you kind of want to take that mask off and just be you again be you yeah right yeah, yeah. so here you are at your house and you're still expected to be on this persona right. and that and, and and that went on for years right. you know and um that song was kind of um it was finding what is the real what you know what is real and and kind of and differentiating what's real and what's right. what's you and what's the band you I know, totally what, get it because I'm expected to drink 30 beers a day every day yeah that's right here, you know I, I mean some days I just it's a tough gig to do man it right yeah he's working on it right now I am I'm sipping on him some. that's awesome <laughs> hey gotta keep that persona up, right 12 o'clock somewhere yeah it totally is. <laughs> now, do you still keep in contact with any of the other members from last day? Absolutely, yeah. They're still my bros, man. I, uh, in fact, awesome. I just got back in from uh, from Tennessee. Adam, the lead guitar player, Adam Hall. I was down there for a week, and uh, I was helping him uh, work on his house. He just put a big addition on his house. And nowadays, I own a paint and drywall the the, the business. So awesome. I went down there for a week. And was um, helping him tie his house up and get all that tied up so he can get his studio online so me and him can start doing some more stuff together. Awesome. <clears throat> awesome. Got a lot going but on. Yeah, yeah, and Punk, he still lives up in Michigan. Uh, he still plays in a couple different bands. And um, Todd, he lives down in Florida. And uh, I don't think he plays anymore. He just, uh, you know, he's just doing his thing. Rick Lotta, he's still, uh, he's still an amazing bass player. He's still active in bands and, and in the music scene up there in Detroit. And, and, and those guys. And, and then there's a handful of other guys that came and went, you know, right. bands that we befriended. You know, they're still doing their thing. And okay. this is what it is. You got to live the rock and roll dream for a while. We did. And that was part of the, of the move, you know. It was part of Adam's sell on me. You know, we were young, man. We were young and on fire. And, and I think I was... 26 i think and adam was in his early 20s and you know we didn't want to wait till you know we were our age now you know mid late 40s you know and looking back on that time don't be saying ages (laughs) 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 you know i mean we didn't want to get to our age now and look back on and and regret not trying right we should have done that yeah Right, exactly, and that's one of the things that you know I'm very proud of that that we did do. I mean, we didn't we didn't get the the stardom or the fame or anything that that we want. We we had some local fame, you know, right. but we were our manager Bill. He he was shopping us to Epic Records, and uh, we we was almost there, you know, but we fell short of it, which is all right. You know, I don't know if I would have. That is really now. Sucks, right now, I would have a connection. that's true yeah i don't i don't i don't know how how well i would have worked with being a a rock star on stage i don't don't know how how well it would have set with my with my older self now but you know you 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 kind of train yourself so who knows what kind of train wreck i would have evolved into (laughs) if you guys could open up for any artist who would it have been Oh man, Soundgarden, of course, for sure. Oh, yeah, he, good one. That's right. You're big Soundgarden yeah. fan. Oh yeah, top uh, Soundgarden's top, the top of the mountain for for me for for sure. And you know, and we, we just was we come from that '90s era, you know, Alice yeah. Chains, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam, Tool, Soundgarden, you know, all those bands, Mother Love Bone. So those are you your know. influences, right there. A lot of those bands. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and Adam, he was influenced by another set of, you know, he was into um, Southern rock. 
so there is a southern rock. In last days, there's a southern rock kind of kind of flair to it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's from Adam. Yeah, he was always into uh, Leonard Skinner, and of okay. course, um, you know, mm-hmm. Marshall Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all those guys. Man, it was really good southern rock rock stuff. Punk come from a straight metal background. He's he loved Pantera. You know, nice. Of course, mm-hmm. I love I love metal too. I mean, metal's in my in my soul, but I wasn't as much into metal as in writing. It just kind of influenced it. I didn't really, right? You know, like I love Slayer, but you know, but I never really wrote any Slayer type songs. You know what I mean? There would be like there'd be different parts in, in in the songs that you know would kind of nod to Slayer, but. You know, but not, you know, there was no, like, no speed metal stuff. Yeah. I just wasn't on a bag. So tell us about your Albatross project that you did. So when Last Day stopped, you know, I didn't play. I was heartbroken, and I didn't I didn't play guitar for a long, long time, and, uh, like, four years, years and uh, I doubled into World of Warcraft and just kind of lost mm-hmm. myself in the video <laughs> game scene, right? So... Eventually, I pulled the, war, the World of Warcraft needle out of my arm, and I ended up uh, getting back in art again. And of all things, I got back in ceramics, which mm-hmm. you know I've always been—I've always been in art and the kind of creativity, you know. And yep. and uh, so I did that for a while, and then it come a time I was moving back home. I was coming back home to work, and I hooked back up with Don again and Brian, and we were all excited and you know i went to brian's house we started playing again and i talked down into playing bass and my buddy cordell he played guitar and all these guys are my bros man you know i I taught cordell how to play guitar he Mm -hmm. was one of my closest friends and so we started kind of jamming a little bit and writing these songs and it just you know it was it was like my grieving period was over with you know it's like Mm -hmm. i had remembered why I was writing music in the first damn place and I was writing it because that's what I was supposed to do. I was writing it for myself, not writing it for other people or trying Mm -hmm. to make a hit song, you know, or playing freaking covers, you know, it was, (laughs) it was, you know, it was, it was because, you know, I had this burst of creativity that had been gone for so long in my life. And it's like, just like someone turned a faucet on and these songs just start pouring out. And we wrote a, a whole album's worth plus the material of the Albatross stuff. And that was me and Don and Brian. And we played for about a year or so. And, and, and because I was, I already went through the band, you know, I, I kind of went in building this project with, you know, taking a lot of stuff from, from last days. And, you know, I've always loved re- recording. So I was very diligent mm-hmm. about, I wanted to record every practice that we did and even you know even the crap you know because it was just a practice you know just keeping that practice and we got a lot of stuff we got a lot of uh live stuff and there was a lot of song notes that we would take and go back on and be like oh i really like that jam we was doing so we would kind of go back and rewind it and and i would flesh that out as a song you know and uh we come up with a lot of good stuff and um did you guys take that on the road we played one show and see, that was the thing, you know, I was, that was kind of the demise of Albatross actually mm. was because I was done with playing out at that, at, at that point. I was just completely done because I was so burnt out, but Don had never played out before at that, yeah. at that point. Yeah. He's never done and it. Brian, and Brian, all that. <laughs> right. He's never exposed to the hookers and blow world. <laughs> so, and then, uh, and Brian, he was wanting to get back into the scene and starting to play out again. He he was wanting to play out, and I was definitely against it. Part of the reason because you know I was I played a lot more guitar. I mean, I was the guitar player in Albatross, mm-hmm. you know, and that was the first time I ever done 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 that. You know, was the guitar player, and I was forced into playing lead guitar too. And I am not a lead guitar player by any stretch of the imagination, you know. So. You know, I was kind of hoping we would find another guitar player to come in and take up that mantle and I could just kind of go back to rhythm guitar and vocals, you know. But I kind of liked it at the same time, you know. But it was, that was probably another reason why I didn't want to play out. 
just because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to embarrass myself, I guess, <laughs> you know? So that's why a lot of the Albatross stuff, you know, it was never really what we got as quote unquote finished tracks. You know, they were still just scratch tracks. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, and what that means is, you know, for people who don't want to scratch track, it means that means when you just put something together just to have the idea mm-hmm. of the song mm-hmm. and to kind of produce it out a little bit. Then. Yeah. Right, you know, and get the idea and then go back at a later time and kind of re-record it to maybe a metronome, polish it, mm-hmm. you know, produce it all out and make it sound really nice. But unfortunately, we didn't get to do that because the band broke up mm-hmm. before we got a chance to do all that. But fortunately, we did get all of the songs recorded, Good. you know, recorded awesome. in, into a format. And they're not always the best. You know, but to me, as a songwriter and not a a musician, that's I'm okay with that. You know, because it's like, you know, I can always find talent to play the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, and to get and to or or to get their spin on it on the part that needs to be re- recorded. To me, it's just, it's good enough just to get it down to where I want it to be at, and. um and I'm okay with that. Okay. Our buddy, the bones had a request for an albatross track. It was called. Oh yeah. Quickening. Yeah. That's, that's probably one of my favorite ones off the album. That one. And there, there was another one that called evolution's end. Okay. And uh, all these are also, you can go, they have albatross has its own YouTube chant, chant channel. You can search for that. I don't think albatross is on, it's not on SoundCloud. I just wasn't, I just didn't feel comfortable enough, you know, right. with the songs yeah. in that in that format to put them on okay. Okay. Um, a genre like like SoundCloud. We'll go ahead and play the quickening here real quick. We'll be right back. Sounds good.
Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah. It's a moving kind of song. That song's about the, it's that moment. It, it's about, in itself, it's about helping other people okay. when you're in a position to be able to help other people, you know? Okay. And at that time in my life, I wanted to help other people and maybe even to to a disadvantage of myself, you know? It was, you know, it was, it was pretty, it, was, it got pretty thick sometimes, but that's what that song is about. And I really dig it. I, I got a quick question talking about okay. bones. Did you guys ever do anything together? Cause bones plays guitar. You play guitar. He does, man. I've known that cat forever, dude. Yeah. And, uh, we, uh, I've always wanted to, man. I've always wanted to get him over here in the studio, but you know, we just never, well, he can he, never he find time. House. We'll have to get him. Yeah. It's difficult. <laughs> we'll get him over it's there difficult. at some point. <laughs> I'd love to, man. I'd love to. I knew me and him, uh, one of those times when I come back over to Indiana one time, me and him were outside and he had kind of picked up the guitar and was doing a little something. And I was kind of hitting on the, on the Jimby, on the drum and just, and uh, we had kind of came up with like the bones of a, just a quick song, you know, Right. but you know, we never followed through with, with we'll get you guys together and yeah. For sure. Oh, totally. Yeah, for sure. Get a good project going there. Yeah, because he's a great guitar player, man. I would love oh, to yeah. play it with him. It'd be awesome. So tell us about some of your current projects you got going on, because I know you got a few. Yeah, yeah. So after Albatross broke up, you know, it's it's fair to say that, you know, both the guys in Albatross, Brian Bear and Cordell Brown, they had both passed away in oh, that year mm. back, back in 2013. So my man Cordell, he was, I mean, he was my best friend mm-hmm. probably and uh, taught him how to play guitar and we played just few I mean, there's just unbelievable amounts of time him, him and I spent together. And so it come a time when he passed away, we had the people in the air, the, the music, he was in a band called, I forget what the band name was, but he was just entering into the music scene in Middletown down, down here. He, he was playing with a couple of band, bands. And when he passed away, they put together a, like a memorial for him, you know, they put like a show together and reached out to all the bands and, you know, so it was crazy because Last Days actually played that show. Wow. You know, and that, yeah, it was, yeah, and people, and our crew came in from all over the United States, from, from all over, from Michigan, from Tennessee, from, to play that, that, that show. We scrambled and we ended up, uh, we rehearsed the night before in my living room at the old house wow. where we were living at. Yeah. And got everything together. And then Solstice played, and then Last Days played, and Albatross was going to play. So we had got everybody over Brian. You know, this is the first time we had played with Brian in a long time. And um, it turned out uh, we got over there with me and Don and Brian, and somebody else was there. I think, yeah, our buddy Greg was there just to kind of oversee things. And um, we went through the set, knocking the the rust off, and Brian kept complaining about his chest hurt. So we went downstairs, took a break, got some grub, and he kept complaining about his chest hurt. And one thing went to another, because I just had a heart attack late, mm. earlier that year. And I, it was a major life-changing event oh, yeah. for me. And so it was kind of weird because... I was kind of, I was looking at my wife and we were looking at each other. We was like, nah, no, no way. So one thing went to another and he ended up going outside and getting some fresh air mm-hmm. and went out and sat in his car. And I went out and sat next to him. I was like, Brian, I said, why don't you call the squad, man? Just, just in case, you know, if nothing, mm-hmm. you know, just, just a room check you out. So he said, okay. So, and then we went back inside and. Don had come back out to set with, with him, and I he no longer went outside to set with him. He was yelling for me that Brian's under sponsor. So we went out there. We ran out there, pulled him out of his car, did CPR on him right right wow. there. Wow. And he just – he, he left us, man, right there in, in our arms. And, mm. Wow, that's crazy. That's tough. It was heavy, man. It was yeah. real, real he- he- heavy. And yeah. so at that point, you know, so, I mean, these, I mean you guys understand these – these are two guys who are integral parts of my life. Not only my Definitely. musical life, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I've known these cats for years and years and years and years, and my best friends. And mm-hmm. to lose two of them inside of a span of two weeks was that's rough, pretty right? devastating. That's, that's you tough. know, yes, that's tough. So yeah. we ended up. I kind of went back into my shell again, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't even tamper with music for a long time, and it was at least a year or two, you know. So then I, when I got back into it. I was kind of interviewing drummers, you know, to come back in and cut tracks for us. I still had zero intentions of, play, of, of playing out. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted to write and record and produce. And um, had a couple guys come over. He'd come over and set. One guy set up a kit, and he played once, I think, and he's left it there. And then I had this other guy coming over, and he was going to come over and cut some tracks for us. And that never really worked 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 out. So here I am with like four or five or six songs, you know, sitting here, and I'm looking at this drum kit behind me. One day, so I just got on the kit, you know, and started playing. Awesome. So it turned out it worked pretty well. So I've been playing drums ever since. I kind of put the guitar down, and yeah, so now band, yeah. He's the well, new, you he's know, the annihilator. Yeah, he's a Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but you know, but I, and I really enjoy it. Man. I dig it. You know, I feel like you know, I feel like, and you know, over the years, I've always loved drums. I've always gravitated towards the drums. You know, because as a songwriter, I hear all this stuff in my head. You know, like as I'm writing the song, I hear different parts for drums or mm-hmm. what the drums are doing or something like lot like that. And then I end up. You know, kind of getting the drummer to play what I have in my in my head, yeah, and that works out. And, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so <Sorry>. you know, <laughs> you gotta take it when you can get them, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It happens a lot. So, so yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. You know, I'm uh, so I'm just producing. So I work with a few other guys. You know, so me and Don were writing some stuff, and it turns out that Don is a fantastic lyricist so you know know and that's oh yeah man he's awesome he's a great writer and nowadays it's like he is the he's the lyric writer for our our projects when when we do stuff because we've come up with a system now a more refined system of songwriting and it was difficult man it was difficult for me to give up that title because i was the, i was the lead singer and lyric writer for a long 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 time and yeah. when you're used to doing something man you you know it's kind of difficult to to give it up you know but i was i was starting to you know since i was thrust in like an albatross i was kind of thrust into the into the guitar player role gotcha. you know so now i'm starting i was so i was starting to focus and pay more attention on the music aspect of songwriting like how everything was together but just i was i was playing drums now now, now too i was focusing more on that mm-hmm. and i it, i reluctantly gave up the mantle of lyricist to don i'm glad i did because yeah. man it's just, it's so much it, it lifted such a weight off of me yeah. for number one number two don is just so good i mean man, some of the stuff he writes is unbelievable so there's a there's a song I gave you guys. It's yeah. called um, "Wishing Time to Wait." It's a song that he wrote. Okay. And this song is. If you want to listen to it, let's go oh, ahead. Yeah, we'll go ahead and play this real quick. We'll be right back.
for something better than the here and now. Since they never sent them some forgotten playground. Winds they never won on the dusty streets of some ghost town. Laughter's in the sun on the waves and the wind that will blow. Lies to the sun, the spring is on the way. yes yeah 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 exactly you know i love that song to this day and again this is a scratch track version of that song i think when i cut those vocals i had a cold i had a head cold you know and i think there's you know i think one of the guitars is out of tune you know billy uh so billy sart he's one of our friends a long long time time friends he came over to the house one day with a bunch of guitar parts and stuff you know he came to me and i was like yeah let's, let's put them together so he come up with that song. He came up with all the guitar parts and I helped him arrange them. And then 
and then I wrote a I wrote a baseline to 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 to, 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 to do it, and I also put um, and I put a vocal melody to it. And this is the this is what I love about Mind Don's partnership now because I will just go through and just do a melody line mm-hmm. over it, like hum a melody like do 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 blah blah something something, you know, just do that to where it gets where the vocals are going to, and then I will hand that version of the song off to him. Mm-hmm. And then he'll work on lyrics and he'll, and he'll write lyrics around that melody. Nice. And then he'll send them back and then I will kind of, you know, I'll trim them up here and there and then I'll put a finished vocal line onto it. And that's how we recorded that, that song. Awesome. And that's how we do a lot of it anymore, you know, and it works really well. But yeah, to me, I know that song's in, in rough form, but it's about, uh, that song is, one of my favorite songs okay. I've, I've ever been a party to because awesome. it was my first kind of brush with collaboration with other people because you know back before in last days you know me and adam didn't write songs that way you know he would write he would either write the the, the music and the lyrics and he'd bring it to me and be like here sing, sing this or he'd bring music to me and be like write lyrics to this and vice versa mm-hmm. or i would write the lyrics or I would write a song and lyrics and bring it to the band, you know, like last days I wrote last, last, last days and I wrote quite a few, a few of them, mm-hmm. you know, but there was a more collaboration, but this was more of like a collaboration of different people. And, and I've learned now, you know, that when you start to collaborate with more, get more people in the mix that really know what they're doing, Right. That's where the magic. Mm-hmm. where the magic happens. Yes. Yep. You know, to where you get all these different influences, and it starts to form these different colors, and then it really starts to make some beautiful stuff. And that song is one of them. And the lyrics about that song were about Cordell and Brian okay. and Don mm-hmm. and Don's dad. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, there was all that loss mm-hmm. that he experienced, and uh, it's a beautiful song. Do you have any other? songs you'd like us to play here before we wrap this up so one one of these days this was a collaboration between me and don don wrote the most of the music i think i helped write the chorus and he wrote most of the lyrics and i played drums on this album on on this on this track to track and guitar and do the vocals and uh don's doing the bass and he he wrote most of the, the lyrics and this is one of my favorites of mine and his collaborations and actually this is one of my better solos <laughs> actually so well, we'll go ahead and play this here real quick we want to hear this one Excellent. all right man cool
All right, that was nice. Good. Nice. Yes. That's one of my faves. Yeah, it's one of my favorites of his and mine together. I mean, we have tons of tunes that we've been working on. You know, it's just, it's just, we try to stay busy, yeah, try to keep, you know, keep try to keep our chops and cranking them out. That's what, that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. Last question here for you. Okay. What is one message that you would like to give to your fans? To my fans? Your I'm fans. not sure. I didn't know I had fans, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, to my fans, you know, just, you know, just stay listening, you know, and you know, we got, we got, we got new stuff coming out, man. I'm still working with a lot of those different people. Uh, actually a friend of mine, Bill Meeky, a guy I went to school with, who was just a phenomenal guitar player in school. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, he was one of those guys where anything he touches, anything he does was just golden. You know, he was a great artist. He was mm-hmm. a great writer. He was, he was a shredder, even back oh, in high nice. school. Like you know, and, he, and he's just, I mean, he's unbelievable. And now I saw him on Facebook and I reached out to, to, to him and me and him are working out to, together. I'm, I'm doing a lot of vocal stuff for him. And this guy, you know, he, he's kind of like, he focuses on music. I mean, he plays piano, he plays keys, oh, he plays wow. guitar, nice. drums, bass. I mean, like I said, this guy's he, he's a monster. He's you know? talented. He is. And, it, and it's all kinds of different music across the board, you know, from originals to, you know, all kinds of different stuff. I'm really excited. Me and him have been passing a lot of stuff back and forth, and uh, we're um, getting some stuff together. And I'm sure he's going to post it because he's, he's all about posting his stuff. Do you have any music and, from you guys in your collaboration? Uh, not, we have a couple pieces, but um, he's a little guarded over the music for right for right, for right now because, you know, because it's just his stuff. And I just right, started working right. with him and, you know, but hopefully in the future, man, because it sounds really good, man. The, some of the stuff, like he just put out, it was crazy because you guys spoke about Phil Collins and him and I was talking about how Phil Collins, you know, how I guess <laughs> oh, he recently yeah. just, he recently just, announced that he wasn't gonna be playing drums anymore which is a heartbreaker because yeah. you know phil Collins is awesome man yeah. and back in the 80s dude those, that list of hits goes on and on and on and on and on yes love genesis so he so he mentioned how we should do a, a phil collins cover so yes. he just he just sent me the tracks to against all odds that oh, song wow. by, by him yeah and he so it's a piano track a synth track Guitar track, drums, bass, it's the whole thing. You know, I just, I haven't sat down with it yet and put some vocals to it, but well, we I'm here to too. Yeah, for sure. I'm really geeked about it. Maybe you can, awesome. uh, maybe one of these days when after him and I get some tunes under our belt, you can interview him, you know, or both of us together or, or, or something. We'll be looking forward to Definitely. that. Definitely. For sure. Um, sweet. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, man, it was good times. It was yeah, fun. It was yeah. fun. Brought back some good memories and you yep. know, oh yeah, for definitely, sure. Definitely good talking to you. Yeah, yeah, man. You guys too, man. We need to get together yeah. sometime, man, and drink some beers and listen to some music. Absolutely, we're gonna do that here soon. We need to hook that up. Yeah, this summer. For yes, sure. absolutely. Yeah, we don't need to wait till the damn engine show. No, for <laughs> right. sure. Absolutely. To do that, we'll get together here and we'll get something going. Sounds great, man. It's good talking to you guys, so, man. Good right. hearing from you. Well, thank you very much. We'll see. Sounds you. good, man. Okay. You guys take care, man. Yeah, see you guys. All righty. We'll see you later. All right, later. All right, there, Schmutz. I guess we're going to ramp this up here, and we appreciate Mr. Diehouse coming in. Absolutely. And telling us the history of his bands and his projects. And yep, very talented. Yes, sir. Spilled mustard on my first Metallica T-shirt. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't bring that. that up. Oh, that's probably good. <laughs> might, have, might not have been too <laughs> That might have been my first violent rage. <laughs> we'll never forget that one. Some comics got ripped up that day and oh. some fisticuffs and karate yeah. kicks. and Yeah, yeah. A whole bunch of stuff happened that day, but we're still friends. We're all oh, good. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. I love you, buddy. Same here. Well, guys, check us out on all the social media outlets and I guess what Nikki Lane says. If it's too loud, you're too old. God bless and... Keep rocking out there, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Headbangers Vault, bringing you the best in rock and metal music and music talk with your host, B1 Bomb and the Smuts. Check us out on your social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.
If you'd be interested in being a part of our show or advertising with us, please visit our webpage at headbangersvault.podbean.com. And remember, if it's too loud, you're too old. Die house, you freaking spilled mustard on my damn Metallica t-shirt. What the hell? That didn't go down like that, but it was similar. Yeah, it was pretty violent. I love you, man. Uh (laughs) (laughs) See you next week.